Previously on Reality Roundup. But it looks like at the preview, Carlos is sitting outside, all depressed. I wonder if it's creative editing or... Well, they said, you know, his mood had changed. Maybe he's tired of running the show. Reality he's set in taking, and he wants to go home. He's probably taking medication. Or maybe Nick stood up to him, said and enough. Then he, and then they had a clip of him saying that he had taken stuff and that it was really... Um, they'd pull him out right then. If that really were the case, his butt. they'd pull him out. And maybe, well, maybe they, they do. do. That's right. what's coming. I'm Kelly. And I'm Steve. And this is Coupled with Chaos. 60 Days In, Season 7, Episode 9, Inmate or Civilian. I'm not even sure what um, what that refers to, but what an episode. You know, we did a 60 Days In episode that was a standalone before. And uh-huh. as we sit down, I almost think this one could turn out to be the same. I hadn't seen a more moving and good episode of a reality show in a long time. Yeah, I, I cried. <laughs> couple times and then i cried thinking about it because you think about what these things could be or should be i'm not sure how you want to look at it but you got a sense for what people need right well and and i kind of messaged you after and i was like you know this what the message i think this really drove home for me was that probably society and certainly the penal system as a whole seems to have a tendency to forget that these inmates that you know people view as just cr- as criminals and maybe nothing else mm-hmm. have kind of cast away these people from society and no probably no longer view them as the people that they are they're mm-hmm. still people and they still you know have feelings and needs and wants and dreams and all that So I think that the inmates really just have a need to be seen and heard and valued, not feel discarded because if they feel discarded, then they just get into a cycle of continuing to be exactly what society thinks they are already. They did this side interview um, after Trinity's, after her I guess the uh, what open was mic, the, the talent show open mic. Yeah. And they talked to that dark haired lady and yes. she talked about making mistakes. Right. You know, I think that's when it really struck home for me. When you look at it and you go, you, you know, <clears throat> this is just because we are all just mistakes away. Right. You from can be a complete change in your life. A good person who's made a mistake mm-hmm. and then look and at happen the to get caught. And look at the cycle that you're on. Sure. I think look at that. Look at the number of people who've made these same mistakes and And not not gotten caught. Mm -hmm. But that it is so much a mistake. Puts you in this bad cycle that you're talking about and and how that can happen. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I was almost gutted when I watched it. I felt good when we were watching Darius, but it was the, the Trinity side that I think hit home. You know, that you're one mistake away from from really changing your life. We talk about that even with our kids. Right, exactly. Your mistake could be getting, being with somebody else who's in trouble. Yeah, that I think can we be just as detrimental. We saw it on the what was it, that Netflix show that we watched. Uh yeah, it was a um another jail show, jailbirds. Sure. Yes. And there was a young just, girl. 
And you're just in the car. A teenager. And she was mm-hmm. in the car and they did something bad. And then she got the same charges that they had. And and, and that happens. I really felt, like I said, that, um, that dark-haired lady, it really hit home. I felt so good as as all of them are out enjoying themselves and having a good time. And you could see that just for a minute, they had forgotten about their situations and their circumstances. And they found it kind of a way to escape um, the situation that they were in. Yeah. You saw they had so much in common with each other and, and they could, I guess, embrace that. And they really inspired each other, you know, mm. and she, that's what it was. She was talking about how they, the women had generally lost a sense of their worth, mm-hmm. that they didn't see any value in themselves anymore. And they t- had a tendency when they were talking with each other to put themselves down and think negative thoughts about themselves and their lack of capability rather than what they could do. And what they could do well and what they, you know, could potentially do well in the future. And so she was talking about the importance of reminding them of their worth and mm. the things that they could do well and feel good about and how it changed their whole outlook and their spirits and their whole demeanor when they took the time to say, what can I do? What's good about me? They have that hour or two hours with whatever they were doing it's and then you got to find a way to build off of that unfortunately Mm -hmm. when they wake up the next morning they're still in the situation that they're in right i think you can look so much at wanting to change and and not you want to get to the end so quickly i want to be at a point where i've fixed everything and you can fix it today but you don't necessarily see the results today and to be able to have that long-term, long game, to be able to do that, it's got to be tough. And, and to do that, you have to have people in your life that support you and kind of can get you through those tough stretches. Mm-hmm. Um, Trinity was in tears. You could see how how much she cares. Yes. Um, you saw her whole little, her, I guess recitation i guess you would call that yeah that's something that's what made me cry mm -hmm. and it it, everybody else stopped i don't know if they knew it's something that she'd prepared or something that she just kind of you know did yeah because she said that she'd done it in 2014 when she was in jail it doesn't lessen it for me no no not at all what I thought still holds the same meaning for her sure. and was completely relatable for them because she was at the time in the shoes that they're in now. And that's what kind of stopped everybody dead in their tracks was it, it was so relatable for them. Mm. Well, all of them. Mm-hmm. I thought the first lady they had up there, I, I don't remember what her name was, <clears throat> but she was really funny. Yeah. Her bit, her bit was who leaves their keys laying around everywhere. Right. And it seemed like she had three or four stories that all... About how she got arrested. That was <laughs> and they, funny. They all involved... Well, I thought because he laid his keys out that it was free for me to take. Them. Well, I was sure he pointed at his keys. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. And who does that? Who leaves their keys around? And I really thought that, that was good. So. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it'd be difficult to have a career as a stand-up comedian, but uh-huh. I mean, that's still pretty funny. You know, yeah. and her delivery was really good. I thought, uh-huh. you know, this is and really... she was trying to keep herself from laughing, just telling the story. Well, she of knew all it was the people, ridiculous. you know, of all, they probably had eight to 10 people doing something there and they uh-huh. chose her little bit to lead uh-huh. off with. It meant, right. it, you know, it was actually pretty good. Uh huh. And she seemed confident. Yes. It was good. And everybody related. And, yeah. you know, she kept it clean and snappy uh-huh. and it was almost like it was her prepared thing. Uh huh. Maybe she'd spend a little time on stage. Who knows? But them dealing with the stress of the situation is completely different than Carlos. Yes. We see Carlos on just a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. And him being next to Darius really makes it look. The contrast, the sharp contrast between the two of them. I was so impressed with Darius holding classes mm-hmm. and the people that chose to participate like him i was surprised at who came and who was interested i think his story of look reselling uh-huh. he he came at it from an angle of reselling is really hustling right and hustling is what they're used to doing so and they can still feel like they're hustling but doing it legally and i was sure. like wow that's a great angle I'm picking these 50 cents. I'm getting these shirts for 50 cents and I could resell them for $2. Yeah. You know, and to do things like that, Uh it would make people think I'm getting over on everybody. And really you are. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I can get this $2 shirt at Goodwill and resell it for 10. He said, now for me, I'm in big volume and I want big profits. So it wouldn't be worth it for me. But for you, when you're just trying to feed yourself and get by, like the guy said, that's what wealth meant to him, mm-hmm. then that is a, a, a worthwhile thing for you to do. So, you know, you choose the flip that works for you and what your goals are. Yeah. So that, is, that, that was smart. And it still gets you working. Even Carlos said he's really smart. He did a great job of explaining this to everybody. I wonder. I'd love to know. And Darius is out there. He, I think they even have a podcast, Darius does. And um, I'd like to know his story, how Darius turned himself around, whether uh-huh. he did it to himself. I mean, he served 10. This is a serious time yeah. to serve. Oh, yeah. He said he was in six different prisons. So for him to do that and to come out of this where he's at, mm-hmm. um, I told you even I think on on Twitter, I think it's his, I, I'm, I don't remember if it's his wife or his girlfriend, but it is the mother of his child. I don't mm-hmm. remember their relationship status. But we put out as a podcast, we put out how impressed we were with Darius. Mm-hmm. And how we thought he would make a good father. And she yes. responded with, he is. He is. Not he yeah. will be, but that right. he is. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that is, um, I think that he's got something in his life really is helpful. And I think yes. this is such a wonderful thing for him. Yes. And that we see, we just see what can be done. Right. And yeah, these I shows. Kind of, on a personal level, I, I kind of can relate to to what he's doing because you know you look back anybody can look back and go how did i spend my life what was my strength how can i use that to give back Mm -hmm. and so like you and i talked about like for me you know i spent 19 years homeschooling and what i desire most to do with my retirement time now is to teach kids to read because it's such a valuable 
thing to be able to give a child and it can change their life. And so for him, you know, he made some mistakes. He had a bad turn, but he picked up this, the, these ways of supporting himself and changing his life and being legal. And now he wants to turn around and give those skills back sure. to other people that it can help. Because reading really isn't about reading. Right. It's about the ability to then learn. Exactly, because it, it opens up a whole world of learning about whatever it is that you want to learn about. But it's because, things that aren't available to you until you can read. Because even as we see in schools nowadays, these kids are almost independent learning on their own they are. in school. Yeah, there's it, not a lot of teaching happening anymore. And so if it's taking you longer to read, if right. these and are things that you're struggling with. if you struggling don't read with, and comprehend well, then you're in trouble. But it starts early with reading. It does. Reading, then comprehending, and then more learning. Right. And it's tools. It's the same exactly. thing that it's having the tools to succeed, whatever right. they are. Yep. And the earlier they can get the tools, the more successful they can be because they have more years to absorb information mm. and do something with it. Maybe we can find you something. We'll find a way to do that. I think we're still new in the process. We're only, what, two months into your yeah. retirement? Yeah. So we see Carlos just slip. He has fallen off the train. Boy, he's he's a mess. He's almost like, you know, um, I don't know to say, you probably have the term a little better. You know, his high is so high and it looks like his low. Oh, kind of manic depressive. Yeah, like, it, turn, yeah. it turns so low and we see bipolar. him switch so quickly because mm -hmm. he doesn't look like the pod boss at all. By as the he end. as he yeah. goes to get his last whatever gets in line for probably food is what it was. I'm not mm -hmm. sure he was in the med line, but he was in the food line, and you saw him just disheveled and yep. staggering, sitting off in a corner. And they were asking people if you noticed a change in color. So like, yeah, his mood is all withdrawn, and you know he's he's different. Yeah, and you don't even see him. He just looks. I'm I, I'm. You know, I know I'm a prude. I know I'm old, but the thought of what a good shave would do somebody. Uh huh. I don't know how often they get a chance to do that, or yeah. if they. You'd think they would give you a chance to shave supervised or whatever in a place because they don't necessarily want to give people razors. Well, they could. They could give them like a nair type thing, like you know, depilatory. Yeah, depilatory cream. Want that on your face? That would be bad for your face. I'm sure so. there's something. Probably, but they could do something. I mm -hmm. think that, so what you have is when, I mean, I think a part of your, your demeanor is how you look. So if you're looking, if you're looking bad, you feel bad, you know, it's the ability to be clean and, and to be well kept or at least decently kept. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we kind of saw it with Rose on her side that people just didn't have basic cleaning supplies to keep mm -hmm. themselves hygienically yeah. yeah so i just look at carlos and he just looks like a shell a shell of himself when he mm -hmm. started versus now yeah and he said in his interview that he had only taken pills once but when they started asking people they said he had been different for about three or four days mm -hmm. well that's and that's the bad him. side of having the money to have commissary at this point uh -huh. once you slip Mm -hmm. Then your commissary is used to 
buy pills for yourself right versus to get them to move to get more commissary Mm -hmm. and he's doing it all wrong i mean we're we're we said it from the beginning Mm -hmm. this is the wrong way to handle things and he should have been pulled because he's he's encouraging this behavior in others and that's all against the rules i mean Mm -hmm. he's encouraging them all to get into trouble by setting that example well let's look at just what he did for the guy to get the drugs so I'm he gave assuming, him food, and yes. then without saying you owe me, he made the feel the guy feel like he owed him. And he said, "Oh, I know how to get him." Uh huh. Right. So that means he was already using and manipulating him. Right, because he explained that if you know someone doesn't have the money for food, then food is what they're going to want, and if you mm-hmm. can give them food, then they'll be indebted to you. It's just such a, a horrible a way of looking at it. Yeah. yeah, and you feel it. That's the way he thinks of things. That's his mentality there. It's a he's a user versus a helper, and he doesn't need to do that. So Carlos is convinced that when he's gone, Thump is just going to take over. And he he kind of did. He's laughing on his way but, out. But how long have these prison systems been in place? Well, I can only imagine that, I mean, who was in charge before right. it was the big guy. He's just going to step back do- up. It doesn't matter, right? No. There's going Nobody to be something. Somebody's going to go, I can't take this guy. We got to go. Yeah, it, it looks like it's going to be his little buddy, Nick. <laughs> well, he's going to try anyway. <laughs> he's but, so little. But you see, even there could still be, there doesn't necessarily be somebody in charge. Would things have been fine? I mean, it's kind of group rule in there. You don't need necessarily a boss. Well, Darius said that Carlos had kind of kept an even tone Mm. to things. If he saw people getting worked up, he'd calm them down. You know, he kind of kept things from getting out of control. So I guess without someone designating themselves to be the peacekeeper then you could see how think people pop off in there yeah, i think it's going to work out i'm not thinking yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are in there killing each other no because they want it to be manageable so somebody will manage or a group will you manage, manage. Out of, you manage out of necessity yeah so i'm it's not like it's like the kids don't clean their rooms because they know i'll do it mm. <laughs> The same kind of thing. Exactly. But if I'm gone, they got to do it. You told me Haley threw away all of her cups because yeah, I ain't for, there. Yeah, for me, when I look at that, you know, I see that, what was it? Thump was giving somebody the business and who was it? The guy's name was Steve. And Steve was taking care of things. So they were in there and, you know, it was about getting on people's bunks and Steve was handling it. Carlos gets up from his bunk, goes all the way to wherever they were, mm-hmm. inserts himself in the yeah. middle of it and says, I'm giving you one more chance. Well, you know what? Steve had it. Steve had things just fine. Right. They probably didn't need you to come in and insert Call some kind shots. of dominance in here. Uh-huh. When we're really convinced that Thump probably would have thumped you anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, size does matter when it comes in there. So I think we see for us what this show could be. And in episodes like this really change what we see. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was telling 
uh, the person I'm staying with here about that show because she had never seen it. And I was thinking, you know, she might actually like that show, seeing stuff like this happening mm-hmm. because it's so useful and it applies to lots of situations when you start thinking about it. You know, what can I do? What's my role? How can I change a situation for somebody or steer them in the right direction? How do the other inmates in here, when this thing is over and they find out that these people were 60 days in, you what do you think their reactions are? I think they'd be mad at Carlos. Yes, and they would be feel endearing to somebody like Darius or, sure. or uh, Rose. In Trinity. Oh, in Trinity, right. I mean, Trinity was kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. She didn't do a whole lot until, until you see end. this. Right. And, and you see how this works. And and so I think that the, they would view them positively. Mm-hmm. And Carlos is the one you go, you know what? That guy was using us. so mad, yeah. And manipulating, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't like him. Mm-hmm. How could you? Because he would be the type that would go sit in a corner somewhere and laugh telling this story to other people. Oh, yeah, guess, guess what I did. Guess what yeah. they believe. You know, he mm. would he would get some kind of kick out of sure exhibiting the control and getting away with it. Where Darius is somebody who'd go, you know what, I'm, I, I helped this person. And I think right. they're all from around the country, so it's not local. So it'd be really hard for them to go around. I think being able to stay in the lives of these people other than you know, text and social media uh-huh. and things like that. I'm not sure how involved they can actually get. They right. bring them. How do you think um, Chucky I could, would? I could, I could view Darius in some day in the future taking that kid. What was his name? The I, I, I 18 year old boy. Right. I, I could see him taking him in like an inmate to roommate. Couldn't mm. you? Couldn't you see him housing him and trying to help him you get could. on his feet? Because he really, really chose him to be a mentor to. I think he really wants to see him turn things around because he said, I see it in him. He has the desire. He doesn't have the tools. I wonder, you know, things like that, how hard it would be because it doesn't work for everybody. How distraught you would be when you invest this kind of time in somebody and then it doesn't work out. Because you know things like that happen. That would it's, be hard. It's not just having the tools. We know that. You can have the tools, but you still have to make have good. Have the desire. Right. And make good decisions. Right. You still have, part of the tools are, this is a bad decision. Or this decision leads to another decision. That's right. Well, I think, I think for these people, it kind of is similar to um, intervention where people have drug addictions and they take them and they, they don't send them to a local rehab center. They send them to another state far away from the family and friends Mm. and people that have influenced them in the environment that they had the addiction in because it's so easily to be triggered back into old habits. Right. And so I think it's the same for the, the inmates. I think you see it in inmate to roommate, you see um, DQ DQ with Henry and mm. how when he went back to his family, he was thinking like it's easier to get back in the streets to make money. But, you know, he had some hard knocks losing his jobs when he was back with Henry. And you see his whole attitude is different. Well, it's okay. 
I'm, I'm going to pluck away and I'll get another job and I, I want a different way. Mm-hmm. But you see and, it. So you that's see right. the, the positive influence, somebody in his ear, giving him encouragement, helping him along, helping him, you know, get back up when he stumbles, changes his attitude and his willingness to make a change than when he w- was with his family sure. and he was falling back into the same old attitude and habits. And I think that's and a he, natural a natural transition into right. inmate to roommate for exactly. us. Exactly. Season one, episode nine, you've been served. Yeah. I think for us, as we see as mad as we were at DQ and his uncle before, we see the hurt in DQ and we see the struggle here when he comes back to Henry and, and he loses his job. Yes, both of them. And we see even, we talk about, we talk about poor decisions. And, and a part of DQ's decision-making process here, how it impacts him. Mm-hmm. You may not want, especially when you're new in a workplace and they call you. I would assume the factory job was the one that he lost first. Mm-hmm. What happens is, is they probably are overstaffed, I'm going to guess, 5 to 10%, anticipating there will be in a large factory scenario. Well, there'll be some people who just aren't in. Mm -hmm. So they have people who are on call and they call you in. Well, when you're new. Yeah, he was there from a temp agency. When you're new and you get called. It sounds, it's maybe tough and you may have things that you want to do. He could have had a, a real reason why. Well, I got, go. I got the impression because he said they they messed up my schedule. So I think maybe one job was conflicting with the other mm. job. And he said, I can't, I can't come in. And then he said he didn't go to the other job. No, he said what happened was that when that the two jobs were related mm. because they were from the same temp agency. So when the one reported that he wouldn't come in when they asked him to, they said, well, then you can't have this other job either. And yeah. so he lost both jobs. But how of a tight little window that's in. Mm-hmm. Like anything, I think you got to find a way to get in. It, it, that his window is probably so short or his wick is so short because of his experiences. It's Right. It, and it's he said it's hard to get a job as a former inmate because mm-hmm. you got to check that box that says you're – you have been incarcerated and you have a criminal history and it makes it harder. That's why he was at a temp agency trying to get his foot in the door. We see with him, Henry had talked about having a job for DQ and we see Artie setting up um, Javon with a job. You see that a lot of this is involved not only with housing the people, but mm-hmm. moving them or almost for a way of vouching for them. Exactly. In order to get them a job too. Exactly. And, and that's it's a hard lot, for them to re-enter. And that's a lot harder to do. Yep. It, it looks like Artie has known some people. I mean, everybody knows people. And so at some point, I mean, even in what I do, I don't, I've never taken somebody that I knew and brought them to my place of employment. Mm-hmm. You've avoided that actually. Yeah intentional yeah it's just about tying your reputation to somebody else it's not so much of helping it's probably even i would assume selfish on my it's not like though i've gotten a point where people have come to me and says i don't have a job i need one Mm -hmm. maybe it's because i really don't have too many people that i (laughs) 
that I have as friends. Well, you've work. recommended workers to other companies, though. Sure. I've worked with this guy before. You know, he was really reliable. He did a good job, whatever. You just haven't brought him to where you are. Where I was. Yeah, I have not done that. But I also, you know, my circle of friends is <laughs> is pretty narrow. So I don't think that's... <laughs> Much like that's, my own. Yeah. <laughs> I just, um, I noticed that everybody eats cereal. Uh, DQ comes over to... Dr. Henry's spot, and he says, you want to cook something? He said, well, I got some cereal. And we see, who is it, Stephen, Artie's kid, and they come in there, and Javon's trying to make eggs, but Stephen's eating cereal. Everybody, I guess cereal's just the go-to thing for everybody. Mm -hmm. Henry doesn't look like he's much of a culinary expert. Right. Well, he probably couldn't cook much in there before he got his house cleaned up. Yeah, you know what? We Think about a hoarded kitchen. It looks um, it looks a whole lot better than it, it used sure to. It sure does. So, yeah. The uh, the thing was is that um, you know with DQ, it said that, um, and Doctor Henry was saying, "Well, you were going to miss. You know, when you said you were going to miss work, did you call first? Uh-huh. Did you call and let him know? And we he know, said, yes, he did everything. He we know, though, that's not always enough." Mm-hmm. You know, you or your job is really whatever it is. It's to find a way to be there, right? Well, it's like I said to you about her daughter's boyfriend. He keeps finding some reason to put in a, a paid time off day whenever she's got a day off in the middle of the week, like every week. And I said something to her, you know, like that's not a good way to keep your job because when it comes time to cut somebody, that's one of the first things they look at is who can we count on and who can we not. She yeah, goes. Yeah. And he's like, oh, at first she was like, well, you know, it's, it's time he's built up. You know, that's what it's for. You can take it off for anything. I go, yeah, but because you, you have can. it doesn't mean you're supposed to take it. Yeah. The, it theory, of, on. the theory of use it or lose it is tough to, to grasp. Right. I mean, we get it. Vacation is a different category because that is a benefit that has to be administered equally to all employees. Mm that are eligible, it, there's a difference between vacation and like sick time. Mm. That's a, an option when needed. It's they're no, starting, you're not supposed to take all of it, but it seems like there's a shift with this paid time off and it's all in one category. They're beginning to lump it all together. And it seems in, like it. In your, what was your sick time and your vacation time and it's lumped into a PTO category. Uh-huh. It's, right. it's, it seems to be, I guess, the standard nationally. I uh-huh. think they, they're doing that everywhere. Mm-hmm. Bill got locked out. Our position, um, we've seen a big shift in Bill from the beginning to the end. Definitely. Um, he's got a bit of an attitude now, for sure. And, and we haven't lived through that, so we don't know what it is. But he seems to be aggressive mm-hmm. in all of this. I think he's anticipating... I mean, there's a part of it. A little bit antagonistic. Yes. I would say. He's not like raising his voice or, you know, making a scene, but he's being antagonistic. Not humble. And it even comes down to the job thing. Like we realize there are things we all want to do. Bill is an author, wants to be an author. There's not money coming in at this point from him Mm -hmm. writing, but there's still a need to have money. Right. So 
like most he, other money people. He's his girlfriend, they said. But most, so he could give some of this money to Mark and Sharna. He could offer to do these things. There are ways that he could make this right. Mm-hmm. He could, I don't know, go get a job <laughs> during the day and write in the evening. Yeah, this- he's, he said right out of the gate when he got there, I'm not a nine to five guy. I'm not, I'm not going to go pump gas somewhere, or flip mm. burgers. He said that on the first day. And, they're and still- they kind of look skeptically at each other like this isn't how we wanted to start off. Because what do most people do in this scenario? If you're trying to do something creative, you do creative. You on support your own it time. with something else, right? Yes, there's still that exactly. middle ground, right? And, and so I'm not as convinced um, that Bill Bill's got his head completely on straight. I, I right. Th- it's like it goes back to this 60 Days In episode we just talked about, where Darius was telling the kid, "Look." You got to be prepared to take any job you can get. Yes. Whoever will employ you, you take that job. That's what Darius said. No matter how demeaning it is. Right. You're right. Because this, you know, we kind of missed that when we were talking about the episode. Because you got to get started. That was such wonderful advice. It really was. He said it was to get paper, right? It is this job leads to the next job. It's true. Leads to the next job. Right. He said you work this job until you get something better. You may not like it. But you right. work it and exactly. you move on and know that it's just temporary and I'm right. moving on. It's a building else. block. Yep. And I thought it was wonderful advice. I smiled when he said that because I've said the same thing so many mm-hmm. times. <laughs> you know, it is how you get going. It's how well, it's, you become successful. You start at the bottom and you work your way up. And people don't want it. Somebody, you know, who Darius is talking to wouldn't want to hear it from us, but but hearing it from Darius. Right. I think it carries so much more weight. Exactly. And I was thinking to myself, well, he could come back and and do this like like a ministry to prisons, but he wouldn't be viewed the same. He wouldn't be listened to to the same degree coming in from the outside as he would be in one of them Mm -hmm. and then sharing his information and knowledge with them. He's in a unique position, and I think those three people that we mentioned are taking advantage of that opportunity they have as one of them to be taken seriously mm. and actually help. Yeah. But I don't know a way for like the prison system to have a position like that. Right. That's what I mean. If they are bringing in somebody from the outside, even the same it person, work. it's not perceived in the same way as being one of them. Mm-hmm. You're right. And I don't know the solution. You'd like to go, how do you fix that? How do you bring in people like that? But you can't because they're already, You. it has to be the individuals that are in those jails that have to do that. Mm-hmm. You can't make it happen. You can't really have a program because programs, what do people view as programs? It's like going to school or mm-hmm. they, people aren't going to want to do that because what, and they aren't going to tell you, you know, to maybe go in a dumpster behind the Goodwill and rummage through stuff that they've gotten rid of Mm -hmm. you know they're not going to tell you to do that or you know what's going to end up happening is is you kind of see it all the time you see those bins around and you see people inside of those bins probably the donation bins you know at 10 o'clock at night yes goodwill goodwill's not not, picking up right not picking that up it's somebody going through and trying to get stuff out that they can do is that right No, no 
but again, it's a part of hustle and it's, it's just a part mm-hmm. of, again, there's a line mm-hmm. and that's, you know, you've crossed that part of the line, right. but it's such good advice. Mm-hmm. And I think he said, see, you don't have to have any investment. You can mm-hmm. find stuff in your own house that you don't use with. anymore to start with. And then you can take that hundred dollars and then buy make. something and flip it. Hmm. So, and we see Dr. Henry at this point. I think we see the worth and the value of Dr. Henry. Oh, yes, definitely. He has a great way of speaking to someone that's His not meaning. Mm-hmm. It's not belittling. It's not talking down to someone. He doesn't make them feel less than when he's trying to teach them. And he kind of talks them through, like he'll ask him questions that get him to come up with the solution. You know what I mean? Like he's not um, talking at them. Yes. He makes them part of the conversation. So they're involved in thinking about solutions. We, You can see how Uncle Joe got under him in a very special way. And uh-huh. it looks like got him kind of out of his typical and normal character. Yes. Because we see it now. I think maybe a show like this does wonders for Dr. Henry. Uh huh. I think you see the value of Dr. When, Henry. When he sits back and watches these episodes and he sees the effect that the uncle had on DQ and then the effect that he himself had on DQ when they interview him on the side after mm-hmm. everything happens, you see a change, a significant change in DQ's attitude. And his willingness to just keep plugging away. This window we get, DQ's window of filming is longer that I've noticed. It's in the 90 plus days that we're in Uh where it's a little shorter for the others. Uh Uh-huh. Because he went away for Mm -hmm. quite a period of time before he came back. I really hope. And I think, you know, once you meet people. I do too. I hope that um, he's been able to do that. You kind of root for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a little different story, I guess, with Nick and Kyle and Sandra. I'm not sure how yeah. to take that. I, I can't either. tell if Sandra's being difficult or if she never really, you know, gave Nick a chance. Right. It's hard to tell if she's gone overboard and really turned him away unnecessarily or if She's just wise to his crafty ways and called him out on it and he didn't like it and took off. It's It's hard to tell. It's probably one of the two. Right. I I don't think it's a mixture of both of them. Because her husband is not seeing it. No. He's not really agreeing with her perspective at this point. You can tell he's trying to smooth things over and get him to come back. Mm. And So, so if I were her... And I knew I was right. I would be pretty upset with my husband for backtracking what I had just done. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't like cut her legs off, but he didn't unequivocally support her either. Right. And he told her to be quiet in front of the conversation. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. She started to, you know, yip, yip, yip in the background while she was ironing or something when he was on the phone with him. She was knitting. Knitting She was getting her yarn. Winding yarn. She was doing something in the background. And she started to yip, yip, yip and put in her two cents when he was talking to him on speakerphone. 
And then he goes, be quiet. You be quiet. And then he <laughs> goes God. back to talking to him. And I'm like, oh, oh, I would not like that at all. I miss, because, of course, you noticed that. Right. Because that was, that's uh, drawing a line in front of the guy where I'm on your side and she's not. Mm. And so they're not a united team there. And that's not okay. Right. I think the thing to do, it, it wouldn't have made for better TV, would be to get, I would say, get her out of the room. But that house is so small yeah, that there's no other room to go into. It's like they were in a basement or something. When no, that no, that was on. just a house. That wow. is a tiny little, you know, it it's is. a little starter home. It strikes yeah. me as a 1950s style <laughs> starter, starter home is oh. what it was. Post, almost maybe even post-World War II, this is a house. Mm -hmm. This is where you start from. How things used to be with houses. <clears throat> right. You started with something small and Minimum. you moved up. Mm -hmm. And they kind of moved on from there. So I think this could drive Nick. I, I think either way this goes, it doesn't work out well for Nick. No, I think he's going to be, if he wasn't before, he's going to be now hmm. doing the bad things. Because he said, if she thinks I'm high, well, maybe I'll just go get high. And he yeah, said, I don't know why she would think I was doing that. I don't want to go down that road. It got me in a lot of trouble. But it appears he's choosing bad friends. It does. So. And he's hanging out with a girl who also had an addiction. And that's mm, not good. It's, it's just a recipe for disaster. Exactly. It's like what we were talking about before, where you need to get away from that environment and start with new people that aren't involved in mm. what you were doing. Yeah. I think we see Artie and Jovan, and I think that is at least encouraging. This is how you help somebody. It's nice that they have gotten right. through that the issue. rough patch, yeah. What did you think about him getting served with the divorce papers? Well, I mean, it's going to happen. He's out, and it's you just— You expected that. You could tell she was harboring a lot of hard feelings. Yeah, and so it had to happen. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just everybody moves on with their life, and he's I was around. afraid that it was going to be a custody thing. And, well, and they talked about how that's the next step. That's what will be coming. I think you still want to establish boundaries, I think, is what you're doing. Somebody in his ex-wife's ear would have said, you know, we got to establish a, a process for this. It's, it's You didn't want to do it before, maybe because he was in jail. He's out mm -hmm. now. And so we, we've got to get something in place. Some structured framework. And, and it's smart for everybody. I mean, it just yeah. really is. But wasn't it so nice of Artie to be willing to step in and talk to her and say, you know, I can help. I can supervise yeah. visits or whatever. Yeah, um, that's a bit tricky, though, you know, yeah, to get in the middle of that would, right. be, would be trouble. But if she was trying to take away his access... It, it's nice that Artie's willing to help keep him involved. Well, and because that's what of you her need. own experience. She said yeah. when she got out, she had a hard time staying in her kids. Yeah, I'd life. forgotten that shortly. I really during this episode, I forgot that she was she was incarcerated. Too. Right. So that's why she's doing it. That's good. You know, that's I think like we talked about. It's been the theme of the whole show is that you need somebody to help you. You yeah. got to be willing to receive the help and and make the right decisions. Right. 
Thank you for listening. You can listen to additional episodes by subscribing to our Coupled with Chaos channel on Apple, by subscribing to our Patreon, or by subscribing to our Supercast for $3.99 a month, where you can hear us talk about reality shows, real life, and more on our podcasts, covering shows airing on TLC, A&E, Bravo, and the WE Network. Just follow the instructions in the show notes. Tell your friends about this podcast. And rate and review us on your favorite podcast player. Follow us at Coupled with Chaos on all the socials or contact us directly by email at coupledwithchaos at gmail.com.